Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Hard Obsessive Podcast. I'm one half your host, and duo JP Nunez. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Parker. How's it going, Sean? Recover- recovering quickly from COVID. <laughs> Sorry, that was oh, kind of a good. tongue twister. <laughs> that's good. I'm glad you're recovering. That's yeah. way better than the alternative. You know, you go to a concert and you think you're going to be fine. And then you come home and you spend a week at home instead of going to work. This always, is why I'm uh, a shut-in. <laughs> i i mostly am too the last few weeks i've just i've been getting out of the house more and god forbid you know yeah i know why would you so, do something so stupid ah yeah well um i i know how to do stupid things really well <laughs> that, that uh, is true that is true but yeah um so today we're talking about uh dr, dr. Sleep. sleep and but before we get into that we're gonna you know take you through the horror obsessive uh last two weeks uh which really has just been jp as i've uh tried to get better <laughs> from covid so uh so uh jp i guess take it away what have you been up to yeah uh so i've done a few things um i saw i saw haunting in venice uh which came out uh what two weeks ago yeah, yeah that was about ago? two weeks ago now yeah. yeah two weeks ago i think yeah 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 um i liked it um i had never seen uh the other two uh, Kenneth Branagh, Hercule Poirot movies, I didn't see uh, Death on the Nile or uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Um, so I kind of, I went into this one, you know, I, I just, cause it looked like a fun horror mystery. Um, and it was, I mean, it's not great. You know, it, it had some issues, um, but on the whole, I thought it, it, it was, it was a good murder mystery with a spooky, with a spooky kind of twist to it. So, Okay, like my review of the other two would be that they they're just generic horror mysteries and I got to figure that this probably stays in that similar vein. They don't really go too far out into like the, um let me put it this way. Uh Knives Out and Glass Onion I thought were very fun. They were a little they kind of stretched everything just a little bit mm-hmm. uh for mm-hmm. for a sort of comedic value. These don't do that. These are very like uh the death on the nile the last one was so bought like by the book like bump 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 like i gotta figure that this one is probably not gonna like if yeah. if you haven't been satiated by them yet i gotta figure that this one's not gonna do it either um so so for me one of the things that i i was actually pretty surprised about with with death um uh haunting in venice is that it does a great job of of the whole, like, is it really supernatural or is it not kind of thing? Um, it, it, it keeps you guessing the whole way through. And even, even at the end, when it kind of reveals which one it is, it still has this sense of ambiguity that, that I really like. Like I described it in my review as I think I put it, it's, it's, it's an, an unambiguous ambiguity. Um, which I know sounds probably sounds really weird. No, I, I, get you're, it, I, I get what you're. I I get what you're saying. Like it tries to keep the mystery going, even though you already mm. sort of know who it is. Yeah, and, and but but in this case, I think it works. I think it okay. works for, in particular, for the character of Hercule Poirot. You know, um, I think I think it works. So I I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. That's fair. That's fair. I I mean, I hope it's better than the last one. The, I I figured out who the the it was in the last one within like the first 10 minutes and <laughs> it was just like oh, okay <laughs> i think my biggest issue with it is that the, the 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 murder mystery aspect of it wasn't super satisfying um that's it, that's sort of been the thing that's sort of what i'm talking about is is yeah, like yeah. they they're very well produced and i think oh, kenneth rana well is yeah. excellent as the character but oh he's fantastic beyond yeah. that i i think that they're i think it's too much i, I mean it's very mm-hmm. lavish and and mm-hmm. you know yeah. but i don't think that the story the, i think the story falters a little bit mm-hmm. yeah 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 so you know so so i think if you're going to adjust for the murder mystery aspect of it it's not great but if you like the horror twist it puts on that, I think that's it's fun. You know, not, I'll not probably great, end up watching it anyway. Like they they're pretty much just like three star generic movies to it, me at this point. It's worth you know checking out when you get a chance. You know, okay. you don't need to run out to the theater to see it, but it, it's worth giving a shot. You know, that's when fair. You get around to it. 
I ended up uh, now that I'm I'm sort of I'm finally getting my negative test back and and all of that stuff. Uh, I I ended up seeing uh, Gen V the other night, the first two episodes mm. of the new uh, Boys yeah, spinoff yeah. from Amazon. Um, not bad. Um, it's very it's so the movie the the movie the show is about uh, this like sort of like Xavier's school for uh, gifted <laughs> adolescents, right? Like right, right. Uh, only it's very much placed in the world of the boys. So uh, everybody there is awful. <laughs> but that yeah, way, uh, everybody's on Instagram. Everybody's trying to market their brand. Everybody is uh, even the professors are like, take like what students are doing well in these categories and, and both, like boost them for their superhero value. So it's all marketing and capitalism. It's, it's really mm -hmm. interesting to see like school from that perspective, because we all kind of know that that sort of happens behind closed doors, yeah. but we don't really, mm -hmm. you know, we don't really see, uh, you know, we don't see the butcher make the, <laughs> the meat, you know? Mm -hmm. right, um, right. but it, uh, the, the first two episodes are okay. I, I'm hoping for more from the rest of it. Uh, if you like the boys, I think you're going to have a good time. It's very, you know, it's got the raunchy parts and it's got the gory parts and it's got all of that stuff. So you're going to like that angle. I think the characters need a little help. Uh, they're trying, I, like I said to you before we started, uh, I feel like they're trying to make characters established before they've actually established them. So it's a little a little more difficult uh for an audience to, to get into i think because it's a whole new group of people uh the actors are great though uh there's a couple of, there are a couple of characters i like so far so i'll probably stick with it but i, I don't know <laughs> i think i like the boys better okay okay i mean you know saying you like the boys better doesn't really say much because the boys is so good it is it's a lot of fun you know but yeah i mean i'll i'll i'll, I'll give this this show a shot when it uh i believe it comes out friday i don't yeah i don't yeah. think you're gonna okay. be waiting long so mm -hmm. yeah yeah cool cool um so the other thing we've got going on kind of kind of the main thing going on at, at the website right now is fantastic fest so that ran uh in texas uh from september 21st to the 28th and a few of us over at the website we got the chance to cover it virtually so by the time this episode comes out, we'll still have a few more reviews coming out. Um, but so far, the ones that are out now, let's see. So what do we have? Uh, so uh, Brendan has, uh, he put out a few reviews so far. He reviewed uh, The Last Stop in Yuma County and Crumb Catcher. I hear those are both great. I've heard from other people, so yeah. I, I, to be honest, I haven't had a chance to read his reviews because um, I've been busy writing my own. Um, but from the headlines, it looks like he really liked them. You that's know, that's the, good. The article titles. Um, the ones I've seen so far. Oh, so the first one I saw was this movie called Falling Stars. It's this little indie movie about witches, and it puts a really interesting twist on them. So basically, in this world, witches like live up in the sky, I guess. Um, and every year during an event called the harvest, they, they fall down to earth and they look like shooting stars. If anybody sees them, hence the name falling stars. And basically if anybody's outside, when they come down, the witches can come in and take them and, and harvest them. And long story short, it's basically about people who get in some trouble with the witches and without showing you anything, the movie creates incredible tension just based on how screwed these people are like it's all about the tension the suspense the acting and everything and it, it's well awesome. it sounds like it's it's like uh just dread like yeah uh, i mean yeah. they just they know that they fucked up and they're they mm -hmm. got to deal with that consequence yeah yeah exactly exactly um so i i really like that one then i saw the new pet cemetery movie uh pet cemetery bloodlines it's uh, it's a prequel it tells the story of judd crandall Oh, that's the movie. I thought it was a show. Okay, no, it's, so it's a movie. It's a movie. Um, I was excited for this one because not only am I one of the few people who actually like the 2019 remake, I'm one of the even fewer people who think it's better than the 1989 version. And I will yeah, fight crazy. you on that. You're I, crazy. I, I, I will meet you in the octagon. All right, Sean. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mary Lambert's version is way better. Uh, also, yeah. uh, like I, for as much as I love John Lithgow, I I definitely think. Uh, oh, uh, Fred Gwynn. 
Fred Gwynn, yes. Uh, I think he did a much better job as, as Judd Crandall. I, we, 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 can, we can debate that, that for, for another time. We, 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 we <laughs> can have that. We, we can, we can, we can that, have that versus episode. Episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so I was excited for this one because I like that movie. But I this is not a good movie, Pet Sematary Bloodlines. It, the characters are so bland. And the horror, like, it's not bad, but it's, it's just fine. And with bland characters, it's just not enough. Is that out you know? this week or next week? Uh, it comes out on Paramount Plus next week, next Friday, next week, October sixth. Yeah, all right, yeah. cool. Uh, I'll definitely um, be watching it. I mean, I love I David mean, Duchovny. So. You know, it, it it I was David Duchovny was really good. I thought he he was like one of the bright spots. I mean, if you don't dislike it, I'll probably love it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, but it, I I have to say, so far, that's the only bad movie I've seen at the festival. I've seen a bunch of some others. Uh, You're not me, which is kind of a the invitation esque, um, kind of a aw- not awkward, but something's wrong with the family and there's a big party kind of a thing. Really good. A guide to becoming an elm. The guide to becoming an elm tree is way better than the silly name might suggest. There's something in the barn is basically gremlins but with elves. <laughs> I've heard you know, some stuff about there's something in the barn. It, that one looks good, good to me. I want, really I, I've good. got that on my list of things to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, we don't have time for me to kind of, you know, go into each one of Everything. Individually. Um, but if you guys are interested in, you know, kind of seeing more of my thoughts about them, just go onto the, the website and, uh, and check out my reviews. And I'll have, you know, at least two or three more I should be reviewing before I'm done with this festival. So... And Brendan, I think, should have a few more. Uh, we should have a few others as well. So check them out. There's some good stuff at this festival. Very cool. So um, I did want to ask you, did you get a chance? Because you were very excited about uh, No One Will Save You that happened last week on Hulu. Uh, did you happen to watch it? I wanted to ask your thoughts on I, it. I have not gotten around to it yet. Um, okay. I hopefully will get a chance to see it this weekend. But... Yeah, I, I should get a chance. Yeah, to you've been busy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I've just been, you know, every day has been fantastic fast, fantastic fast, fantastic fast. And it's been pretty fantastic, so I can't really complain. Well, that's why it's in you the know? title. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh, let's, uh, we, we got a, we got a, we got a lot of ground to cover, so I'm, I'm going to hurry us up a little bit here. All right. Let's get into it. Let's do this. Let's go fishing. No, <laughs> here's Johnny or something. Come on, like let's figure let's it out, shi- JP. Let's go shining. Let's go shining. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Doctor Sleep. Yeah. I so I don't know about you, Sean, but in my opinion, this is one of the greatest horror sequels ever made. I, I don't think it's the number one greatest, but I do think you could make a good case for it being number one. I don't know that I, I don't know. I think number one is is. Uh, then again, I I can't really think of anything that would, maybe Evil Dead two, um, but. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I think it's up there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something that I. <laughs> uh, we'll get to it, but there is something I want to run by you a little bit later after we've discussed a few things that um that i i think will that will that will reshape your view of this film a little bit (laughs) okay because i had this i had this weird intrusive thought towards the end of the movie and i had to laugh like i just i laughed at it and then it became like no way to really it really is so we'll get to that in a bit but let's let's start off uh at the beginning so this is your film uh, this week. I mean, so, uh, it's not. I mean, I didn't make the movie. I wish I did. This is your it pick of the awesome. week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Because I All have right. awesome taste and I pick great movies like this. Sit <laughs> down now, okay? All right. So yeah, you picked you picked Dark Asleep, and um, so why don't you go ahead and tell us what the movie is all about? All right. So Doctor Sleep is interesting because it's. So it's it's an adaptation of Stephen King's novel, Dr. Sleep, which is also Stephen King's sequel to his novel, The Shining. And the movie is also a sequel to Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining from 1980. And if you know anything about how 
the movie The Shining compares to the book, that seems like a Herculean task. But somehow Mike Flanagan pulled it off. And in a way, not to piss off Stephen King. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Stephen King loves this movie. I, I even read a quote from him where he said that this movie redeemed Kubrick's The Shining for him. Because if you guys don't know, Stephen King hates The Shining. The movie, at least. But this movie, Dr. Sleep, like redeemed Kubrick's movie for him, which is is mind-blowing, I think. Well, I always think it's really funny that he prefers the McGarris version, the, the TV um, Oh, I, I've, I've never Rebecca seen that morning. one. Stephen mm. Weber? Oh, it's it's not it's not bad. I mean, it's a TV movie, though. Stephen Weber does an okay job. Rebecca DeMornay does... I, I love Rebecca DeMornay. I'll watch her in mm-hmm. anything. So that's a little bit better for me. Uh, she's. She, I think she was a little bit better in the film. But uh, there's... <laughs> There's this one scene, and I think he prefers it being in, where they're out in the uh, hedge maze. Uh, Danny gets chased by, like, lions. The, in, oh, are, okay, in yeah, the, yeah. But from, and, the, like, the, from the plants themselves. The yeah, that are plants, yeah. yeah. The thing mm-hmm. is, is, like, CGI in the 90s, man. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. I don't, uh, I, I kind of get where that might have gotten a little left out. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, so this is a little bit of a tangent, but we'll, we'll go there for a minute or two. I think The Shining should be remade. As much as I love the original, as much as I love Kubrick's version, I think because there's so much in the book that's not in the movie, and because that that TV movie wasn't, you know, wasn't terribly well received, I think you could make a great new Shining movie that does not step on the toes of the 1980 version. I think you could revisit I don't necessarily know that you could remake because people, first of all, when you touch classics, uh, whether, you know, Stephen King likes them or not, I mean, the, the, I'm the Shining is you know, a classic film. It's, yeah. Jack Nicholson gives a hell of a performance. Uh, Shelley Duvall gives a hell of a performance. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone in that movie is, is freaking fantastic. I mean, everything about that movie is great. All of the, the, yeah, exactly. The music, the atmosphere, the mm-hmm. Scatman Carruthers. Like, there's I mean, yes, nothing, it would be. It, 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 it would be very difficult for that difficult. movie to succeed, like on its own merits. You know what I mean? It's just right. But I think, I mean, from 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 like a business perspective, like you know, should a studio try to get someone to to do The Shining again? That's debatable. But as far as me as a movie fan, just wanting good movies, I think somebody could remake the shining and and make it really good and make it worthwhile so you're like warner yeah. brothers make, make me a movie <laughs> yes you just you just you, <laughs> yeah okay yeah, listen I can, I, I can respect that that's fine <laughs> you, so let's get back to uh what this film yes. is about though all right so but dr sleep so dr sleep is a sequel to the shining so so it kind of has two story threads that kind of converge eventually on the one hand you have dan torrance formerly known as danny he's the little kid from the shining he's he's an adult now and just like his father was he's an alcoholic uh he really struggles with it but eventually he gets his life back together uh kind of finds a home in this this little town uh he gets the name dr sleep because he works at i think it's a hospice facility and basically, when patients there are dying, he goes into their rooms and uses his his shining ability to help them make the transition, to help them kind of pass over comfortably. So he gets the name Dr. Sleep from that. And then the, the other story thread is you have this little girl named Abra, who also has the shining, but she's super, super powerful, more powerful than even than Danny was. And Danny in The Shining was really, really powerful, you know? And she's being chased by this group called the True Knot. They're they're all shining people who've undergone some ritual to allow them to 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 like suck the life force out of kids who shine, um, and that can make them stronger and give them uh, not eternal life, but like make them live indefinitely, essentially, as long as they keep sucking up this life force. And then eventually, uh, Abra reaches out to Dan. Uh, kind of finds him just kind of through the shining, I guess. And then he helps her, he'll, he, he helps to protect her and to help essentially defeat the true knot. The end. I don't know what any of that has to do with the shining JP. How does that all wait? Dr. Sleep. <laughs> you don't want to mention that they end up at the, 
the Overlook oh, Hotel. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they end up at the Overlook, but that—that's. I mean, the, the, basically, the plot is this, this, and this. Well, and I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha, you. I gotcha. We can hey, go no. from there. It's fine. Yeah, we'll we'll, just... we'll we'll talk about it. <laughs> what has to do with the Shining is it's Dan Torrance from The Shining. He's Dan. He's yeah. not Danny anymore. He's Dan. exactly. He's grown up. <laughs> Dan the Man Torrance. Yeah, yeah, he's. I'm a big boy now. You know, we're yeah, just pull-ups. <laughs> all right uh so right off the bat i i wrote a ton of notes on this movie because they're like i mean flanagan is is freaking great uh oh like and just... uh real quick so we should mention sure. that that we watched the theatrical version not we the, did the extended version but i do um, have i do think i have the um what are what is really different uh okay. available okay yeah, yeah. um have, have you seen that. the extended version Actually, that was the only version I'd seen up until this time. I had oh, only really? watched okay. the uh, the darkness okay. cut. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, for, for me, like the extended version's fine, um, but I like I, it. I, 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 to be honest with you, I think it's I think the extended version is a little bit better because this movie does seem a little on the hurried side on the theatrical end. Okay, I do fair. think that certain things need to take a, a little bit more of a beat, and that doesn't necessarily happen in the new ver- in the theatrical version the theatrical mm-hmm. version is fine don't get me wrong like mm-hmm. it's it's quite quite okay like it still mm-hmm. works it's yeah but i do think that the the three-hour version i think is better all right fair enough fair but, enough but yeah let's uh let's start at the beginning which is a very good place to start we have really violet is. um yes and this this takes place in 1980 which is right mm-hmm. right when the shining is taking place violet is met uh, in basically a Frankenstein patch is really what I, I want to call it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a like very... that scene where Frankenstein, you know, the monster approaches the little girl and they play throwing the flowers into the into the yeah. water and whatnot. It's, it's yeah. very similar. And um, the monster this time is Rose the Hat, which is uh, mm-hmm. Rebecca Ferguson. Mm-hmm. So in the first scene, we get this we get this Frankenstein sort of comparison. They meet each other, and just like Frankenstein, the monster kills the little girl. Although this time she intends to do it. Yes, Not definitely on purpose. <laughs> the special ones taste the best. Mm. I do mm-hmm. get a kick out of that line, but what I actually enjoy more, and one of the first things that I thought was, how is Rose the Hat any different from Pennywise? Uh, well, she's not a clown. (laughs) I'm talking about the. I'm talking about the. What kind of stupid question is that? (laughs) Yeah, I should. Oh, my God, she's a magician, not a clown. (laughs) It's a different kid's birthday party. Exactly, exactly, Sean. (laughs) Uh, But like, literally, like that was the thing. As I go, I go. This monster isn't much different from from say Pennywise like what is what's she doing she's luring kids and she's taking kids and you know I mean kind of in in very very broad strokes sure um I mean you know she I mean she she takes kids you know who have this special psychic ability called the shining Pennywise just takes anybody you know um I mean they they both you know they they both make their victims afraid because you know Pennywise feeds on fear and and the true knot, they say that you know pain and fear makes the the steam, which is their life force, you know, taste better. Yeah. Um, so like so, in that well, sense, they're similar too. But well, that's that's part of it. And the other part is is that we also have this character from forty years ago that shows back up to face the monster, right? So um, not that he would ever encounter the monster in the first place this time, but it's it's very similar. What to do you the mean? Idea. Oh, well, oh, you mean? In it, it's then oh, thirty years later come back to face okay. the monster, right? So I mean, okay, okay, okay. That's, <laughs> that, that's, I think that's a bit of a stretch because, like you said, it's a bit like, of a stretch. But wait until you hear my other theory. Encounter. <laughs> wait, the we're, we're saving that for the end, though, because okay. I think okay. I think you're going to get a kick out of it. Oh boy! <laughs> All right, but um, and then after we meet Rose the Hat, we go into uh, Danny Torrance and the the traumatization of Danny Torrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is massive. I mean, how do you escape a place like that, a, a house of horrors, and then uh, go about your daily life, right? Yeah, that's 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 brutal. The thing that he's got going for him is that Dick Halloran, this time played by Carl Lumbly, because obviously Scatman mm-hmm. Carruthers uh, passed away in the 80s. 
Mm-hmm. Carl Lumbly, first of all, uh, was in one of my favorite shows growing up. I, I was a huge X Files fan, so mm, like okay. in in like the uh, '90s, there was a show on right before X Files called Mantis, and it was Never about heard the, of it. Oh, it, it only lasted one season. <laughs> okay, <laughs> is, okay. Yeah, this was uh this was when Fox was like great. Like they always had like a good Friday night for you. Like uh, I think eventually mm-hmm. it turned into Millennium and X Files, and then X Files ended up jetting over to Sunday. Okay. But Mantis was about this disabled cop that creates this like exosuit that allows him to walk again, and he becomes a superhero and starts fighting crime. Hmm. So. It, so he's, he's Iron Man, basically. He's a little bit Iron Man, yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, it was created by Sam Raimi. So you've really? got that okay. going for it. And there's a ton okay. of people from the X-Files that worked on it, like Kim Manners and, and so forth. So, okay. um, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those shows. If you get the chance to see it, it's, it's only, I think it's like 20 episodes. Um, okay. it, it was pretty okay. good. It, you know, pretty good for the 90s. You got mm-hmm. to keep that in mind. Wow. But um, yeah. he, anyway, he's getting these visits. Uh, Dan is getting these visits from Dick Halloran. Dick and it's kind of off-putting for us for a second because we're watching the kid talk to, to Dick and we know what happens to Dick mm. in The Shining. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we, we get the fact right away that he's talking to a ghost, you know, mm-hmm. which sets the tone for, for the whole rest of the movie, especially up until the end. He teaches him how to put a box in his mind, all that, stash his stuff away. And I think that this is a little on the therapeutic end. I'm like, I'm not sure that that's best, but it seems to work out for Dan in the end. So I guess that's okay. Well, I don't um, think we should take that like too allegorically. Or or, yeah, like it's, I mean, the, the, the movie is very much about trauma in a certain sense. But I don't think we should take it as a literal allegory. You know, like, we shouldn't take it as the things Danny does should have a literal counterpart, you know, kind of in, in the way we do. We yeah, no, I mean, it is, it's a different, it's a different sense. I get what you're mm-hmm. saying. We're, we're talking about different contexts here. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of what applies to Dan doesn't necessarily apply to the rest of us based on what he's been through and what mm-hmm. he has going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. so I understand, you know, but there, um, I want to come back to this. This is another point that I want to come back to later, because I do think that there is a sort of subtle narrative going on uh, throughout the film about keeping your true self hidden. Oh, it did definitely. I mean, at, at the end, you know, I, I, I mean, like well, when, when, when Dan first meets Abra, you know, he's very much don't use the shining, you know, let's talk you know, out loud, not with the shining, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And at the end, he tells her shine on. Yeah. You know, so yeah, and, I mean, that, that's definitely one of the major themes of the movie. But the idea is uh, people come in, at, like, I, I really see it as sort of a, in a, in a sort of a queer aspect, even. Like, don't necessarily, you know, let's face it, mm-hmm. people have hidden who they were for the well, longest yeah, amount of, of yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it hasn't been right. It's mm-hmm. never been right, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you have this narrative here about him being taught the old ways from another person that was like him before. And now, you know, he's going to have to teach those, he's going to, he starts to teach those ways to the next person, right? Yeah, but was was he taught to hide his gift by Dick? I don't remember that. In he, I mean, right at the start of the film, the right at the start of the film, he tells, you know, he says, don't use it. Oh, okay. I don't remember that yeah. line. Okay. When they're in the, um, when they're on mm. the, uh, the beach there. Okay. Okay. And I mean, he kind of tell. I think in, I think in the original too, he says something like, "Don't let your parents know. They'll not. They won't understand." Hmm. You know. Okay. Okay. So I think that you have this like small narrative of uh, just hiding who you are from the world, mm-hmm. kind of deal. And I, yeah, I yeah. think that it's it it definitely goes a different way towards the end. Like Mm -hmm. when he says shine on, he's like, you know, live your life, be who you are. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that's great because they've gotten rid of the monsters. Right. (laughs) And I think that that's progress. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, let's, let's get rid of the monsters. I'm all for that. So that's, that was one thing that I noticed that I thought was, uh, you know, I thought it was interesting. I didn't really pick up on that the first time I watched it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that was, I was like, oh, that was, it was a really good sort of narrative throughout the film. Mm-hmm. And then um, I did want to talk about uh, Alexandra Esso. 
uh, who oh, was uh, also in Blime Manor and oh, Midnight Mars and The Pope's Exorcist. Wait, Midnight uh, Midnight Mass? Midnight Mars, Midnight Mass. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Uh, yeah, she, she's in the, the first time I saw her was in. Uh, have you ever seen Starry Eyes? You know what? I've that has circled my like you've never seen watch it. list a million times. Sean. Never watched it. No. Oh man, so, <laughs> so she like, do you know what that movie's about? Yeah, it's like Hollywood, right? Yeah, so it's so basically Alex Esso, she's uh, she's this like struggling actress, um, and basically. To, to get a big role, to get like her big break in her first big movie, bad stuff happens, basically. Uh, it, it's yeah. really good. It, it's a great kind of mix of supernatural horror with real life horrors. And it, it, it's it's excellent. And Alex Esso is great in it as the lead. That, that was the first time, first time I saw her. And ever since then, I, I've thought she's, she's great, you know? Yeah, like no, I, said, I think she Midnight does Mass. a fan- fantastic impersonation of Shelley Duvall in the film. Yeah. Um, I think in general, this movie recreates characters and places from The Shining super well. The in places, a way that, sure. I don't know that yeah. Henry Thomas as the, the bartender. Oh, uh, okay. So, okay. So I'll say this. The unpopular opinion. I actually like his Jack Torrance. I, okay. think, I, I think he, I mean, granted, he's not Jack Nicholson. But I think he does a believable enough job that I can accept him as Jack Torrance, even that's though fair. nobody's going to uh, actually listen. Do that, that's what. I, Jack but that's I'm with you there. Okay, I think he does an acceptable job. I don't. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm not I mean, he's not great. But like the the thing is, is they give him enough of the look, but he still looks like Henry Thomas. <laughs> he like. I mean, uh, of, course, of course. I mean, yeah. he doesn't look like the kid from ET, but he still mm. looks. Like, right, right. He still yeah. looks like the you know dad from. Uh, Mm-hmm. Not Blind Manor, the other one, the uh, Haunting Hill House. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's, uh, there's all of that. Oh, Shane Brady as the magician at the kid's birthday party. Um, <laughs> I love that. Uh, so Shane yeah, Brady yeah. is like an actual magician too, but he's. he's oh also, really? Yeah, he makes. Oh, I don't know. Had you see his movie Breathing Happy? No, I haven't. It's it's really good. It's a uh, it's sort of a Christmas Carol tale about a guy that's trying to get over his addictions hmm. Augie okay. Duke's in it there's there is a bunch of oh the um what what are their names the the guys that uh directed something in the dirt oh aboard Benson Moorhead he, he's in, he's in spring Moorhead. he's in the endless yep. oh he's he's the 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 in the endless he's the guy in the cult who does magic tricks yeah yeah he's yeah, like yeah. I said he's an actual magician so okay that's that's cool um, I never knew that and him and his him and his wife are expecting their first kids so congratulations oh nice good for them um yes they are um very nice people i've, I've not i've i've met his well I've, sp- I've spoken to his wife i haven't actually met them okay cool she is cool nice. um, so all right so I, I have a question for you sean um sure. have you read either this or the shining the to books? be honest with you the books by stephen king i have read are not the one like are not <laughs> any of the good ones <laughs> It's like I read Under the Dome. Um, Under the Dome was good. Eh, I mean, it was fun. Really, it's too, uh, it's too big. It's too much. It's too uh, forever. No, I understand why they turned it into no, a TV Sean. show. And then I think The Simpsons did it better. And then, <laughs> well, <laughs> The Simpsons did um, everything better, you know. Uh, the girl who loved Tom Gordon. Oh, that one wasn't that. One, I mean, it was not one of his better ones, but it's, it's it was one. okay. Yeah, it was it was okay. I liked it. I think that is coming out for as a movie, though. Uh, I think I read something about that. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. No, Bag of Bones wasn't his. No, Bag of Bones is his. Bag of Bones is his? Yep. And I read that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is... Yeah, so, so one of the things that, that I love about this one, and um, and one of the reasons why I think you can make a case for it being the greatest horror sequel of all time is kind of how it bridges the gap between the movie The Shining and the book The Shining. You know, so 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 it's like like Stephen King's biggest problem with the movie is that it takes out Jack Torrance's struggle. You know, so so in The Shining the book, Jack Torrance is a good man at heart, but he struggles with things. He struggles with alcoholism 
and he struggles with the ghost at the Overlook Hotel. Um, and 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 one of the things I love about the book is that you can see him trying to fight back, but he just at the end of the day he just he loses the battle, you know. Whereas in The Shining, like there are there are moments where he you know like he says, "Oh, I would never hurt you, Danny." Things like that. But like you never really believe him, you know. Like he's kind of a, a nut job from the start, you know. Like, like mm. when he's having that that interview with the guy who's who's going to hire him to take to take to, to take care of the overlook like yeah. he 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 doesn't seem like a he, stable he seems, personality yeah, exactly you know like <laughs> he seems like Jack Nicholson at his craziest already almost yeah yeah, yeah. you know uh, um, the, the thing that, you know what's funny about that scene is did you notice a parallel between that scene where Jack Nicholson is accepting the job in that office to the scene where Ewan McGregor is sitting opposite Bruce Greenwood in his office uh, it's like the same room. It's the same room. I swear I, I, to God. I never have. It, I, 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 I've never noticed that, but that wouldn't surprise me because there are a lot of like little, like little callbacks, you know, to the yeah, it's. Room. I thought it was a really good Easter egg. I, I said, mm-hmm. I was like, wait a second. Cool. We've been here before. This is. Okay. Yeah. I'd, but going back to bridging the gap between the movie and the book, one of the things that Dr. Sleep does well is that it, I mean, obviously it's not about Jack Torrance, but it lets you know that Jack Torrance really did struggle with these things. So, like there's that scene where where Dan's, uh, he's receiving, I think it's his eight month chip, eight month yeah. chip at AA. And like his speech is all about his dad and how his dad, oh no, eight years, I think. Um, yeah, it's because yeah, it's 2011 years. to 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and his speech is all about you know how he's honoring his dad by being in AA just like his dad was. You know, he mentioned his dad got his five month chip. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know. So yes, yeah, so, so it it lets you know that Jack Torrance wasn't just this bad father who you know just kind of got worse. He was a. It lets you know that he was a genuinely loving man who just you know struggled with with his demons sometimes literally and also the the ending of the shining of um of dr sleep very much mirrors the ending of the of the shining the book so 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 do you know how the shining the book ends and I for anybody it, i take it it ends in fire <laughs> something like that. all right so 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 just a little bit of a spoiler warning we're going to spoil the shining the novel here a little bit but you know it, the the novel's like almost 50 years old so i mean you had your shot yeah exactly you, you had <laughs> you're also listening to a podcast about the sequel to the the film so exactly so too bad so so the, so the way it ends is basically it's basically the same ending as dr sleep where where uh in the overlook um uh you know jack he's chasing danny and wendy and then he has this one last moment where he kind of takes control back of his body and he tells them to run and then eventually it ends up that uh, the boiler explodes uh, with him still in the hotel and the whole thing burns down in flames. And, you know, that, that, that's basically what happens in Dr. Sleep where, you know, Dan is, he, he's chasing Abra through the, the hotel, much like Jack Torrance was in the Shining movie. You know, mm-hmm. he's limping, he's yelling her name just like, uh, just like, you know, Jack Nicholson did. Yeah, and you know, he has this one last moment where he kind of takes control of himself back, tells tells Avra, you know, get out of here, and then the place blows, you know, the the boiler blows up and the place goes down in flames, and so by doing that again, it it, it kind of oh, how can I say this? It it brings this cinematic universe, so to speak, it more in line with what happened in in the books, you know. Yeah, um, although I think. You know, probably the more important thing is just redeeming kind of the character of Jack Torrance, you know, kind of, you know, making it so that he was a man who struggled, not just a bad father. Well, you know, there are things that, like the the eight year chip scene, you know, all I could ever know of my dad, that that kind of mm. thing. I mm. mean, you have to put into a sort of perspective that even as a monster, this was a five year old kid that didn't understand, you know what was happening he had a dad and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden his dad went nuts right like right right so there's there's a sort of want um for connection you know like you know he's looking mm-hmm. for a connection there between right, between right. him and his dad and the fact that 
him ending up at the bar at the end, you know, is the is the pseudo connection. And then when he gets that sort of pseudo possession, you know, sort of ends up walking in his same shoes. Now, the yeah. only thing for me that I think would have been sort of maybe better in a sense is if at the start when we see him fighting in the bar and doing cocaine and blah, 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 if he, you know, he does have that ragged look about him, but if he looked a little bit more like Nicholson or, you know, his father or whomever you want to associate that with, I think we would have gotten more of the connection there so that the ending would have popped a little bit better. But that that's like I really that. a nitpick, you know, mm-hmm. and really the terms yeah, yeah. of the film. But yeah, I mean, they they made a choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah. That's all. The other one of the other characters, uh we get the sense that he has a sense of uh, Oh, like, uh Bill is his name? Yeah, Billy. Thank you. Yeah, oh, Billy. Yeah, yeah. They give the sort of like thing that he kind of shines, but he doesn't, you know, like they also mention at one point that people do that, that, that some people, that's sort yeah. of spectrum, like, right. So yeah, like, yeah, some people yeah. shine and some people mm-hmm. don't know how. Uh, it's, not, it's not that people don't know how, it's that some people just don't have any spark of the shining. Whereas some people have, you know, little, little, little yeah. tiny bit of it that it, 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 it's so small that it can pass for being totally natural, you know, rather than supernatural. And yeah, this guy, Billy, you know, he, he he he's good at reading people or not reading but he's a good judge of character rather you know and and the implication is that yeah that that kind of talent so to speak is his little spark of the shining yeah so 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 with with him um what do you think of the decision to kill him off? Do you think? Uh, uh well, I think it works for the movie because it's heartbreaking. Like it's mm-hmm. utter. Like yeah, he's the yeah. he is honestly the best. Like he's the moral compass of the film, right? Oh, he definitely without, is. Without him, uh, Dan doesn't even get help. He yeah. doesn't get clean. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. The rest of the movie yeah. doesn't happen. Uh, essentially, yeah. like because yeah. Dan has tr- turned off his shine through alcohol and, and mm-hmm. drugs. So um, the rest of that is that that Billy never, you know, if Billy's not there to help him out, then there's no one there to help him out. Mm-hmm. I do like that scene in the woods with uh, Snake Bite. Oh, uh, Snake Bite Andy. Snake Bite Andy. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> the names of those people, man, are <laughs> wild. Um, oh yeah. The yeah, just like they sh- that should be that should be something that you know we do one year for. Uh, for Halloween, like what is your uh, not name from Doctor? True, Snake? not name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But yeah, so Billy, uh, that scene is just heartbreaking. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's the last yeah. thing that you want because he's such a good character. First of all, I love Cliff Curtis anyway. Like, oh, he's. I don't he's care great. what he's in. I'm gonna watch him in it. Uh, mm-hmm. I was oh, kind of yeah. bummed when he died in Fear the Walking Dead, but he was part of like changing that show over they got rid of everybody after that you know and oh really i've, I've never yeah, seen the it. show got so much better after they they got rid of basically the rest of that family <laughs> okay. okay um yeah but uh then they brought then they brought a couple of them back it was weird um interesting but yeah the i love cliff curtis like I, mm-hmm. so oh, yeah, seeing great. him in in anything is always a pleasure yeah yeah also why does the steam last like 40 years like uh violet steam she she takes out in 2019 uh, uh, or whatever to give the yeah end. so so what I, the my understanding of it um is that they they put the steam in these containers and it basically stays there for as long as you know it, it the steam doesn't like go bad it, it runs out when they just use it all um, and I guess they just, so, so one of the, one of the things in the movie is that, you know, when they find Abra, like one of the reasons they're, they're so excited that they found someone so powerful and with so much steam is because there's a shortage of it, you know, like they, they, there aren't that many people, there aren't as many shining people as there used to be. Um, and so I Not think as implicate- many shiny, happy people as they used to exactly. Be. <laughs> um, and I think kind of the implication is that back when they got Vi- Violet, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. V- back when they got Violet, they had a lot more steam, so they didn't need to use hers up. 
you know, nearly as quickly as you might have expected or as they would have otherwise. So, yeah, so I, I think that's why it it lasted so long. But, yeah, because they just didn't I, need to I just think it. it's weird that they just have, like, they they have, like, soul leftovers. <laughs> I mean, does, you know. It does change the definition of soul food a little, but. <laughs> a little. You know, it's what it's like what they say. You know, you you need to, you shouldn't waste food because the starving kids in Africa, well, you know, right. and the true not are very, they, they care about those kids. So they don't waste their, their soul food. So um, going back to one of the, the points I was making earlier about the um, sort of that, that storyline of um, like sort of repressing kids from oh, being who yeah, they yeah. are. Being who you are, yeah. Um, so there, there's two lines in the, in the film, uh, Rose the Hat, and one is between Rose the Hat and uh, Andy, Snakebite Andy. And mm-hmm. Andy asks, am I still human? And um, Rose replies, do you care? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And then it's a little further ways in between uh, DeCaloran and Danny when Danny asks, mm. what happens to them in those boxes? Do they die in there? Mm-hmm. And Dick goes, do you care? Yeah, yeah. Same and thing. I go, and it's this weird sort of like Dick Halloran is a ghost, right? Like mm-hmm. he could be, he was almost locked up by Danny at one point for just standing yeah. in that room. Um, yeah. And so I wonder like is, cause that I think he sees them one more time after that. And you have to wonder if maybe, that looming thought of death because he's not doing what those other ghosts were doing. He's not trying to tear apart his shine and get that steam mm-hmm. or whatever the hell that they were doing. Right? right. Right. So I have to wonder if that doesn't weigh on him a little, and there's some sort of instinct that wants to, to eke out because there is this weird wait. If, dynamic. if what doesn't weigh on him a little, you, you, so, wait, you mean keeping the ghosts locked up doesn't weigh on Dan? No, 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 no. With, with Dick. Remember, okay. Dick could attack Doc if he wanted to, right? Right, right. So why doesn't he? Right? Because he's a good he's, guy. Because he's a good guy. So right. you don't he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to get into that. But the, the idea is that he could, right? There is the temptation mm-hmm. for that. Well, well, is, is there a temptation or just or, or, or you gotta put into perspective Dick died in the hotel. Right. So but does, and th- just like just like Danny does at the end. <laughs> That's why yes. he can go visit Abra. Okay? So the okay. idea is when he asks if he cares, right? Mm-hmm. Is is Dick just being mindless or is there is there the threat of something there? Like for a moment, like a momentary exchange, does Dick actually Oh you know, no. I, I, I never got any any okay. sense that that when Listen, Dick it's a says, stretch. "Do you care?" I know it's a stretch. Yeah, I, 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 I think his point is just that, like you know, Dan doesn't really care. So, no, I, I, I think isn't that his last time visiting Dan? See, and that's what I'm getting towards: is does the soul go bad if you don't go, if if they don't like cut it off? Right. I mean, I, I, I think that's that's a bit of a stretch. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can that think that, possible? but but yeah, the idea but... is she she says the same thing because she's a creature too. Right? Do you? Care? I mean, yeah, but it's 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 in different. It's in very it, different contexts. It's this and weird. It's it not, means though. different things. No, yeah, it doesn't. It no, it doesn't. Because yeah. yeah. basically, they're both asking, "Are they monsters for doing what they're doing?" Okay. So Andy's asking, "Am I still human, or am I a monster? Do you care?" He's asking, "Am I a monster for locking these people up inside my yeah, head?" Yes, Do you but care? and it, it, again, it's monsters in different sense, in different senses. Like when, when how is that? He asks that. What she means? She means it literally. Like, am I literally still a member of the species Homo sapiens? Whereas, whereas when Dan asks that, he he's asking, you know, just am I a bad guy? Um, so I, I think there, there. I mean, I I see there are certain parallels there, and there probably is something intentional there too. What I'm saying is, especially with given the, like I said, the the storyline of repression, I think that that's where mm-hmm. that comes in. And I think it's basically showing that you can be a monster in more than one way. You can ha- be a monster and still have good intentions. Okay? I mean, yeah. I mean, th- that's true, of course. But 
I, I, I don't really see that much in the movie in this movie. I think you're you're reading that into the story rather than taking it out from the story. I think I, I, I wouldn't have marked it if I if it wasn't already there sitting there to be taken out. Ah, uh, I, I, I don't think so. I think there there are different times where we can easily read things into a story that 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 aren't there that I, I mean, granted, I, think, I, I, I think the I, idea is that Dick Halloran's a good character, like, in all right. Of, but like I said before, with the million years of, uh, or decades long plight against, you know, trying to be who you are and things like that. I think that, you know, we do things to protect other people, you know, uh, okay. and sometimes it doesn't always come off as the nicest, you know, being the nicest thing. You know, like mm-hmm. if somebody was like, you know, oh, don't, don't act that way. Don't be, don't be like that. Wait until, you know, don't, don't, you know. So like your parents or whomever is, te- you know, teaching you stuff, they have good intentions, but does it screw with your psyche? Of course it does. I mean, yeah, but I don't think that really has much to do with Dick's, you know, with, 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 with Dick teaching Dan about the boxes and that whole thing. You can, I, you can I put it into whatever I, context I, you want. I don't see that's it how I see at it. all. I see it as there. I think that there's more there than than meets the eye. I I mean, okay, so, so what, what I will say is, I think you're right that you. I think that the, the, this idea of you know, like repressing the shining and then kind of letting it shine, so to speak. Uh, I mean, yes, like in that sense, it's there, sure. Where you know, kind of like what you said, you know, Dick kind of teaches Danny, and then Dan as an adult teaches Abra that. And so, yeah, there is this idea of like, you know, kind of passing on the old ways, which may not always be all that great. And, you know, kind of may, you know, and, and, you know, may be somewhat harming the people you're passing it on to, even if unintentionally. But I think that's very separate from the, the boxes and that stuff. I don't think the boxes really play into that, I think the boxes are just hiding stuff. I think it's hiding things away. I think it's whether, you, you know, this is, this is who Danny is. He sees those people, but he can never tell anybody about it. Yeah, but it's not, that, no, 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 because the reason why, the reason for the boxes is not because he can't tell anybody about it. It's, it's because they will kill him. himself. Yes. But it, but, this is what I'm saying. No, no, no but here's, here's the difference though. The difference though is that with what it, you're saying. Now, here's the thing is if he continued to shine, he would have been able to defeat those people anyway. Look at what Abra can have? do. Look at what Abra can do. Wait, when you say those people, you mean the, the ghosts from the the overlook. I mean, would he have? Because Abra, even even when Abra sees the ghost, she runs away. But no, she doesn't run away. Does she, I don't, I don't no, remember if they show. They don't. Her. They actually don't. They don't show. They don't I show mean, exactly what I she think does. They, right? We so, assume that she does the same thing the, with the boxes. Yeah, one taught one taught person the teaching the next. Right. Right. Yeah. But so, um, it is it is sort of this way to stay safe i suppose um, i mean in an underground y- language but yeah I, I okay so so i disagree and two reasons so number one because because abra does that even after dan tells her shine on so so i don't think that keeping ghosts in mind boxes is some sort of allegory for you know kind of repressing who you are because if it was and she wouldn't have done that after dan had told her to you know let to be who she is and also, like, yes, I see what you're saying with trying to connect, you know, the, the boxes are to, are to keep, you know, to keep Danny safe. And, you know, that, that's kind of the, the same idea, you know, of repressing who you are is also to try to keep yourself safe. But the difference there is that repressing who you are to try to keep yourself safe ultimately harms yourself. And, and, and ultimately, I mean, it may work in a certain sense, but it kind of comes back to bite you in another sense. Whereas keeping the ghosts in those mind boxes, and the movie doesn't, doesn't say that it has any negative effects on us. Or uh, not on us, but on, on Danny <laughs> and Abra. I mean, it seemed like there were an awful lot of boxes in there, man. <laughs> right, but right, but the movie never says that that's necessary. That 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 has any adverse effects on Danny. I think you would have to read that into the story. It's not actually there. 
I mean, I got to assume that there's there's got to be something with that. I, I mean, there, there there could be, but I think it's not what you're saying. I think it would have to be. Okay. It might be similar, I, but but I think it would have to be something other than, than right. what you're saying. Well, let's let's move on from that then, because that's you know we're running out of time here and. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But, so, um, so one thing I love about this movie sure. is the, is uh, is is Danny's arc in it, right? So it, it's a great story of redemption. You know, saying that like no matter how far you fall, you can always pick yourself back up. I mean, not it's not it's not like a pick yourself up by your own bootstraps kind of thing. You know, you know, you need help from other people sometimes. But no matter how far you fall, you can always get back up again, and you can always redeem yourself. You know no matter how much you struggle with addictions, demons, literal or not literal or whatever, you know, because in, in the beginning of the movie, when Danny or when Dan wakes up next to that, that unconscious woman, you know, he, he steals her money and then he sees that she has a kid and then he hears Dick's voice telling him, you know, to give the money back, but he takes it with him anyway. So he's willing to put other people in danger, potentially mortal danger, even a little kid, just to, to make you know to make a few bucks for himself. But by the end of the movie, he's willing to sacrifice himself for someone else. You know, so so he, he goes from being willing to sacrifice other people for himself to being willing to sacrifice himself for other people, which is you know a complete one eighty. And I think that's that's such a beautiful way of kind of showing that that story of redemption. And showing that story of you know of of overcoming your struggles. Yeah, no, it's 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 great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I don't have anything to add. Um, okay. But what what I would say is what I really like about that arc too is the whole hospice uh, centric idea, right? Becoming mm-hmm. Doctor Sleep. And sort of the idea that he's been being called Doc by Dick since he was a kid, which leads me to like at one point I I kind of theorized that maybe Dick isn't dead necessarily when he visits him, um, but maybe it's before he dies and he visits him in his sleep. But it doesn't it doesn't work with the ending when um, uh, Dan goes to visit Abra. So. Uh, um, there's a moment oh, where he you. says, I got to go wake up now or something mm-hmm. Halloran says. And mm-hmm. uh, I go, I go, Oh, so he could actually be doing this years ago and then going back, you know, like going back. No, 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 no. Knowing that he's going to be a doctor and then, you know, <laughs> him being called doc by his mom earlier and all, and all that just sort of like ties in. It's, it's just kind of wild. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it it ties in, but when when Dick says, I need to wake up now, that's referring to something he says later on in the movie where he says that, oh, it's when he comes back and visits Dan as an adult. And Dan's like, oh, it's been so long since I've seen you. And Dick's like, oh, has it been? Really? And he says, you know, this world is just a dream of a dream. So like uh, going back to like the, the land of the dead or, or wherever he is, um, like, you know, that's waking up. So, okay. So I think right. that's I what, what the movie's getting at there. Okay, so yeah, he's he just sort of keeps going back and forth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. I kind of missed that, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the cat. I love the cat. Uh, I mean, I love cats, so, you know. Well, <laughs> the cat's name is Azriel, which is um, the, the angel of death. <laughs> uh, is it? Yeah. I mean, I mean it's the Christian angel of death is Azriel. <laughs> well, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in Hebrew, it means God is my help. God, but God, God, yeah, yeah. Um, is the Christian? Is the Christian well? I mean, when when you, when you say the Christian angel of death, I mean, it, it's not like there's any sort of official official teaching about an angel. No, 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 no. Hold, hold on. It, hold it, on. it, it would but be you, in the, some sort cat, of lore that's kind of outside. That's like outside of the Bible, basically. That kind of understood. Stuff. Understood. Yeah. Hold on a second, though. Okay, before you go in, into your into your Christian tangent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. This is not a Christian tangent. I'm just, I'm just. So according to Wikipedia, Azrael is one of the four major archangels in Islam. Uh, yeah. Uh, Islam, yeah, the Hebrew... Christian angel of death, is what I've got written down. 
Oh, uh, wait. So is the angel of death in some Abrahamic religions, namely Islam and Christian popular culture? Okay, there we go. Uh, I love that you had to fact check me on it, but <laughs> well, no, I, 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 I just had, I, I don't remember ever hearing that. So oh, I, I watch a lot of supernatural and it's in there too. Um, oh, but, okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've heard the name, but yeah. But anyway, um, what I get a kick out of is that there is like, there is that duality between the, the Christian and the, the Hebrew one, right? The, God is my help versus angel is angel of death. But mm-hmm. um, at the same time, the difference in the film, like if you're looking for like some sort of duality between your your good and, and evil characters, your protagonist, your antagonist, mm-hmm. the you have these people that are make death a sort of ritual and it's awful. Like when we see Jacob Tremblay mm-hmm. uh, from Before I Wake um, mm-hmm. as the baseball boy. Well, no, the movie is not, it, it, it's, oh no, it is called Before I Wake. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, I, yeah I it, it, I did it, all it, my fact checking. Well, you know, it, 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 that movie before it came out, it was called Somnia, I think. And then, oh, it may have. and then they changed it, and for some reason, I was thinking it was the other way around. But that yeah. was Netflix, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, when we see his death, which is maybe the most brutal thing in the film, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's awful. It's chilling. Uh, I mean, you've also got those cuts of Abra waking up and shaking and doing basically mm-hmm. the Danny Torrance like um when he sees the oh, red yeah. room yeah so mm-hmm. you have you have that version of death versus what you what witness doc doing like they both have the that steam aspect like they're all sucking mm-hmm. the steam out of him mm-hmm. all right in the most brutal form and fashion meanwhile doc is comforting patients he you know he's wishing them on a peaceful journey all this and it's like this very calming very nice exit out of this reality and you get to see the different versions of how that would play out and and also speaking of steam uh when there's at least one scene it might think it's the first time when when danny comforts someone as they're dying like when he takes the guy takes his dying breath you literally see some steam come out of his mouth Mm -hmm. yeah exactly so like we're we're seeing the you know the difference the the exit of the soul that that kind of thing in this universe mm-hmm. but so now bef- like we're we're at the end of our time here so i do want to explain my theory to you um, oh yeah we've, we've Go gone through we've gone through a bunch of different things now and so some of the aspects of this involve the steam um involves uh okay so rose the hat what is her main gimmick she sucks the the life out of you right she just and who mm-hmm. does she do it to she does it to children children all right yeah. Now, follow me on this one because oh boy. how how is this movie not Hocus Pocus? I've never seen Hocus Pocus. You've never seen Hocus Pocus? No, why would I? <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> You're, I'm yeah. wasted. This, this theory is wasted on you. That Rose the Hat is just the missing Sanderson sister. <laughs> I mean, okay, I guess. <laughs> I, I didn't even know there was a missing one. So you, you're kind of spoiling the movie for me, Sean, you know? There isn't a missing one. That's the whole idea. Oh, really? Oh. You should go well, that's why I didn't. That, that's why I didn't know about it. You don't have like a, a, a nephew or niece or something that you can like be like, hey, they, they probably love Hocus Pocus. You've never like gone off. Not, not here in, in the state. No. Oh, that sucks, man. Yeah. And my, my my one little cousin who I normally who I connect with on like horror and monsters and stuff, he's more of like a, a kaiju guy. Like he lo- like he loves Godzilla. And so I don't know if he's ever seen Hocus Pocus. But I mean maybe maybe you know what? Maybe the next time I get a chance to watch a movie with him, it'll be Hocus Pocus. <laughs> it's I'll a fun it's a fun silly movie all right like that's all okay. you really got to know about it but like i just want you why while you watch it i just want you to think rose the hat <laughs> okay okay because <laughs> i think you'll get all a right. kick out of this it's a silly stupid theory <laughs> i really enjoy all right it. <laughs> all right well but 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 if, if if you say that rose the hat is one of them what is the entire true not have to be one of them too? 
it doesn't matter. Like the the whole idea is you can you can put it into whatever context that you want. You can make the Sanderson sisters part of the knot. You can whatever I mean, you'd like. Um, yeah. It, yeah. It doesn't matter because like especially when she starts her vendetta against Abra, like it's almost it almost feels like the same thing in Hocus Pocus where like they're like we're not going after any other child. We're just going after this child. Like it's just it's right, very pointed, right. and I just think it's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. You know what? I will. I will watch it one of these days. Um, All right. It's on Disney Plus, right? Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll. I'll. I, I'll. I'll watch it at some point. I'll let you know what I think. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I think we're uh, kind of out of time now. So we are, but we went through a lot. We did. All right. So, uh, what are we doing next week, Sean? Or I always say next week, next episode. Next episode, we have uh, Michelle Ayanuoto. I'm sure I've messed up her name because I always do. Uh, she's going to be talking to us about Live Screamers, her new film, um, which I am a co-producer on. And uh, she's going to be bringing some guests with her as well. So we're going to be discussing the film Clue, which she tells me is very much related to the film. And... Uh, I will leave it at that because uh, if you've never seen, I, I you told me earlier you've never seen. Yeah, I, I haven't and seen I don't, it. I don't want to spoil that for you or um or her film because it's uh it's kind of it's kind of weird how it it matches up, but it's going to be a fun conversation. So okay, okay, cool, cool. Can't wait to check it out. All right. Oh, don't forget to check out All It Works on horrorobsessive.com the greatest website ever created by mostly jp <laughs> yeah yeah mostly me <laughs> it's you been know, that I mean... way i've been very sick i'm so sorry <laughs> yeah, come on sean you gotta gotta pick up the slack i gotta here, step you know? up i know yeah yeah I like i said pretty soon we're gonna just change the, the name of the website it's not gonna be horror obsessive anymore it's gonna, it's gonna be, be jp, JP obsessive. Sense, horror obsessive. <laughs> exactly i'm gonna be like carl lemley you know? <laughs> there you go. All right. See you guys in two weeks. Bye-bye. Ah.